The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal. I'm Joe Costello and I am super excited. We've got a very special episode for you. But first, let's bring in my co-host of this show. He is the Director of Technical Sales at Total Seal Piston Rings, Mr. Keith Jones. Keith, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. I appreciate the introduction, Joe. And I uh, hope everybody out there is doing well in this uh, November 3rd. We're dating the show. Uh, it's Election Day. Get out there. and um, By the time you hear that, you'll have already gone out there, but I hope you went out there and voted. Oh, by the time they hear it, it's going to be middle of next year, probably, Keith. You know, we've got to do some <laughs> extensive editing. He's timestamping the show, but I'm leaving it because it is a special one. And I always love the over-the-top introductions for you, Keith. But on this show, we really do need to make an over-the-top introduction. Since we've started Hidden Horsepower, we've had many great engine builders on the show. And our audience is growing and people are subscribing, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, or just go to the TotalSeal.com website. And one of our things is at the end of the show, we ask the engine builder for advice for the next generation. And very often, that person says, go to a school, and sometimes they name Samtech, Edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology down in Houston, Texas area, talking about Judson Massengill. Judd basically creating the school that is getting name-checked over and over on Hood and Horsepower. So why not have the man on the show and go right to the source? I'm super excited. How about you, Keith? As always, it, we'll just say in this industry and, and, and what we do, uh, Judson's a legend and, and very honored to have him on the show. Well, let's get right to him from Houston, Texas. He co-founded the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. He's the director of education, and he is genuinely educating the next generation of engine builders who are going to keep racing going for the next 50 years, Mr. Judson Massengill. Judd, welcome to Hidden Horsepower. Joe, thank you. Hello, Keith. How are you? Doing great, Judd. Good to speak with you. We have so many questions. As I mentioned, you've been name-checked a hundred times on the show. I don't want everybody to think that you're just some uh, engine-building educator. You have spent time on the racetrack. You've got the bug for racing. You love to go fast. The school's got many project cars. You are heavy into this profession that you've started. I'm going to tell you, uh, I have to first tell everyone that if it wasn't for my wife linda most people know this the school wouldn't exist i couldn't put up with all those government regulations and all the paperwork and all that stuff just you know i'm going to do my lecture in dyno and in machining and she runs all that today today so i can play every day and it really this thing started out in the mid 70s in the mid 70s, by the mid 70s, I was doing work out of my garage. You know, as a lot of hot rodders were, trying to support their their own car mainly. You know, and uh, that got a little larger and a little larger. And then in the late 70s, uh, uh, an old man came to me and wanted to build some NASCAR engines, which I'd been building and some winning circle track engines, and that's what led to it. He had, you know, lots of disposable income. Let's say. And so we started that thing, but, you know, we couldn't get any help, okay? I mean, just where do you get a machinist? And 
And I went back to I went back to college. I started college in sixty seven, sixty eight, and and dropped out to go racing. And now I'm going to go back because these computers were coming in, and I said, "Whoa, okay, we got to get this. You know, we got to get on those things right now because that's going to be the future." I should have bought Apple stock, but that's another <laughs> story. Okay. Anyway, seriously, um, she. I was downtown at school going in the evenings, you know, working at the shop in the day and everything. And she'd come down there and eat with me sometimes downtown. And we're sitting there, and, you know, it's one of them days that, you know, we're way behind and we can't get help and all this stuff. And I said, you know, this is just insanity. There needs to be a school for this, you know, Okay. And Linda says, I've already said that. Okay, where are they? I said, I know of none. Okay, I, I, I said, I don't think there's anything like it. And she says, well, we need to make one. And I looked at her and I said, we need to make a school. She says, yeah, someone's got to do it. And I said, well, good. That sounds like for something you could do. And it took her four years. It usually takes about six jumping through all the government loops and getting approvals and everything. Anyway, in 1985, the school was officially founded, and we've been going since then, and uh, her running everything and me trying to keep up with the engines and, you know, the curriculum and everything has worked out really well. We are we are just very, very proud of, you know, the places that I, I don't want to go into all that, but the teams that have our, you know what I'm saying, our graduates are everywhere. I mean, in in drag racing, I would think that every pro stock team has one. You know, most of them have more than one. And the top fuel in the funny car, and then their own comp teams and run, you know, all kind of stuff going on. And, of course, in the circle track world, in NASCAR, I don't even know how many we have over there now. There was a time about, well, it's probably seven or eight years ago, uh, I, was, I was walking with Robert Yates to the NASCAR shop, the Ford engine shop, and we were going through there, and somebody holler, "Hey, Linda, or Hey, Judd, or whatever, you know." And and Doug says, "Wait a minute." He says, "I know I got a bunch of guys, but how many do I have?" So he got on the intercom and said, "Everybody graduate from the School of Automotive Machinists, come up front, okay?" And at the time, I think he had forty-three. I'll be off two or three numbers, but forty-three comes to my mind of actual machinists, assemblers, et cetera, et cetera for the cup engines and 17 of them were our graduates uh, that, that 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 makes your day you know in the old days when i was building engines the engines were my ego but now my graduates are my ego wow you know, we just i go to disneyland every day and that's how you are able to be successful that passion and i can't help but think and be thankful that you guys made that decision and investment because where would our our passion be motorsports racing uh keith talking with people every day they're trying to go out and and find horsepower make horsepower compete all of these things if we didn't have centers of education where information can be shared and mentorships can happen and what you guys do with helping place these students once they go through the school who knows where we would be now as a sport and certainly we wouldn't be as far along as we are I hope the schools made a small dent anyway. You know, that's, uh, uh, we just enjoy it. And, you know, coming here and, and you get around these, the, 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 these, these guys and girls, okay, 
with this enthusiasm, and it just keeps you enthused. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we pull all-nighters just like the race team, especially for the Engine Masters Challenge and all that stuff, you know. I mean, we'll just work all night, you know, all weekend. I mean, it's just like being – you know, going racing or something, but we're just dyno and, you know, and we'll go to the track and run the cars and whatever. Um, you know, and that's one thing, one big thing I, I like to bring up that a lot of people, I think I, Joe understands it. And I think Keith does too, but we have our name on the side of cars. We do not sponsor those cars. If they don't have our engines in those cars, they don't have our name on those cars. Those engines were built here at the school by the students and instructors. And I think that is the best part about it. I do want to point out, though, you mentioned Linda was a huge part of overcoming all the obstacles of the paperwork, and I get stressed just thinking about that, all the regulations you guys must have to deal with to take in students and everything. But that's not her her number one thing. She went 200 mile per hour in the Texas mile. I think I think that's the stat we need to point out here on Hidden Horsepower. That was a big deal. That really was. And that was that was in a 98 Camaro that threw the mufflers. Uh, that was her street car. It ran, ran 980s, 990s through the mufflers. And she used to run the True Street stuff in the NMCA. Uh, that, that was a serious little 427 LS. And naturally aspirated, for those that, that Joe didn't mention that, it ran 200 naturally aspirated. Uh, that's awful, awful quick. It made a lot of... Uh, let's just say power adder vipers and corvettes and camaros a little upset you know but uh yeah we we do that and she could uh, you know the the whole family you know of course brian and and kim that doesn't get out that much you know that she takes care of all the job placement and, you know it helps linda on a lot of the paperwork and stuff but we're just racers you know always have been and always will be we're not some business owner that got into this to make money you know this was our passion i think that makes a big difference you know us staying here 12 or 14 hours a day to us you know it's like disneyland you know this is we just get up every morning enjoying this stuff you know i I tell the students i said i don't know if if you're going to be driving flying around in lear jets or something but you're going to have if you can put metal shavings on the ground Okay, if you can do that, you're going to have a job somewhere the rest of your life, and it sure beats working for a living. Keith Jones, jump in here a little bit. Obviously, the passion is there. We need young people to buy into this. We need to keep advancing the ball with horsepower and engines and racing of all forms. Uh, Talk a little bit about what you've seen come out of the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology as it affects what you do at Total Seal. Well, and, and again, I want to compliment, you know, the entire school on, on doing such an outstanding job. And as, as Judson said, Linda's such a big part of that operation and, and the consummate racer. Uh, she's, you know, would say she's excellent behind the wheel. So I wanted to, you know, to, to throw those props out there uh, as well. But as, as you just said, there's so much passion and so much desire right now through, you know, media that's out there guys seeing about building engines and racing and want they want to go do this but yet they they you know you can only learn so much watching a video on youtube and and as justin said you know it's it's kind of hard to learn to make chips uh watching a video and uh, you know though some probably can but you know this industry is hungry for these guys and 
if they want to take this, they want to advance it, they want to learn more, they've, they've got to take it from just wanting to know to actually learning and going to a place, going to the school, finding out how all these parts interconnect, how they work together, and the machine that's involved to make this happen. Uh, it, it doesn't just magically happen. There's a, lot, there's a lot that goes to this, a lot of thinking, a lot of computer knowledge, as Judson said, learning how to run the machines, learning the field. There's, there, there's a lot of things that come with time and age and, and this industry in a in a big part and again not trying to put too much age on myself or any others uh there's a lot of people a lot of very very respected builders in this industry that are you know i'll call it they're aging out uh they're they're getting to retirement or past retirement and they're looking to get out of these you know doing what they do every day and they are hungry to find the next generation of guys that they can hand the reins off to and say continue the name of my shop we want to continue that. Let you know they're looking for these guys. So there, there's an opportunity out there right now, bigger than I have ever seen in the past, for these guys to walk out of a place like the school and and walk into a very fulfilling, uh, rewarding career. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it's true. Um, Kim, the daughter in the business, uh, she gets the worst. She has one of the worst jobs because we can't get them out here. You know, we're a small school, 130 or 40 a year. Um, and, um, we, we just don't have enough to go around, you know, and we try to, you know, we, the small shops in the rural areas, they won't move there. And, uh, you know, you got to pay them some money. And, uh, I tell you, it's, uh, what, and I tell the guys, what you have to do is you have to get one in there and then, one of his underclassmen, you know, when he gets there, if they were, you know, the good ones know the good ones, you know what I'm saying? And they say, hey, this is where you need to go. But uh, I'm not going to name any names, but just in the, uh, you know, in the last month, okay, uh, in the last month, um, the business is just, I mean, the machine shop business, I don't know how or why. And uh, Keith and I have talked about it earlier that uh, some of this restoration business is going just completely insane. But everything's going. Everyone needs help, and uh, uh, you know everyone's getting jobs uh, more than we can get out of here. That's for sure. So let's evolve the conversation and bring the two elements together. Uh, we talk about machining. We talk about ring seal and how things have advanced dramatically from where they were years ago. So let's go back to the engine shop Judd was working in the 1970s and the kind of rings that you were putting in engines at the time compared to what you're seeing now coming out of companies like Total Seal and how you have to evolve with that technology, maybe machining, maybe honing. How's it different? How do you present that evolution of technology to the students like hey guys it wasn't always like it is now yeah i'd like to touch on that i really would the the um we just have our ideals as every shop does on how to do things and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna run over how we do it and 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 stand corrected by keith if need be but um the, the one thing that you know you got to have you don't have to have anything but uh, torque plates, okay? Not just torque plates, but a good torque plate with the proper fasteners that does, you know, it takes, and when we torque that down, it's like the head being on it. It can't be perfect, but you can take and map out the cylinder from the bottom with the cylinder, the engine cylinder from the bottom with the head on it, and then just make sure that your torque plate 
is doing something there. And everybody wants the same fasteners and the same torque and all. Yes, that that's all common sense. I'm just going to tell you one thing I've seen with bolts. And a lot of the classes, you know, today they're trying to cut costs and they don't understand they're making it worse, really. But, you know, they don't want studs. They don't want this, quote, high-dollar stuff. And, you know, head gaskets last longer in the state, you know, but you can't tell them that. But the depth, uh, the depth of the engagement of the cylinder, the bolt, okay, the cylinder head bolt into the block does definitely change the top inch of that cylinder. So you have to be careful that you're not just using, in other words, you want the fasteners that go through the torque plate into the block going the same depth that the fasteners are going to do through the through the head when it's torqued down. Okay, it does clamp different. Um, good blocks, certainly when we say good blocks, structural rigidity, you know, uh, the torque plate doesn't affect them as much. If the if the bolts are down deeper like an LS or some of the modern blocks, you know, it doesn't affect them as much. But don't let anyone tell you that it, you don't need that on an LS. You know, the, the threads are way down in the block. It makes a difference on everything. And the weak blocks, I'm just going to be untactful if that's the word. Good luck. Uh, I mean, we've put motor plates, motor. We've put the motor mounts on them and torqued them down. We have put the water pump on it. We have put the bell housing on the back of it. We have tightened, much, not much less the main caps, but also the oil pan. And you you map everything, break the things back loose. Okay, and of course two torque plates, one on each side at the same time. You break it on, torque it all back, and the cylinder moves around a thousandths and a half, you know. So uh, good luck with those. You, you just need a good, robust block, that's for sure. But we, we like that. Uh, we don't do it as much as we should, but I do believe the, the block should be torque plate honed, uh, certainly in every case. I know there are some good engine builders out there with these big inch, eight, nine hundred inch things for reasons I don't know and really don't want to know. They're not using torque plates. I think they just don't stay together long enough. You know, uh, they got a 2,000 shot of spray or, you know, 50 pounds of boost or whatever, and they just get it down the track. I, I don't want to get any of them upset with me, but I don't understand it, but they don't torque plate hone them. Uh, they, and they run, I'm talking about people that run fast. But uh, you, you, you need your structural rigidity, okay, in the block. The torque plate definitely helps it. And with the good blocks, it stays there pretty well. It will repeat when it comes back in to be freshened. The bad blocks, especially we do a lot of NHRA stockers, uh, the FE Ford is the worst that we do. Uh, we don't use those blocks anymore. We use an aftermarket block, and it made uh, used to the 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 engine would start slowing down at oh forty fifty passes. Okay, uh, now we can go two years and one hundred and thirty or forty passes with the new blocks and rings that seal. Okay, and then the rings themselves. Uh, I, I mean, it's just. It's pretty simple, okay? Look at who uses total seal rings. It's 90% of everyone that wins races, you know, whatever the format may be. It's one stop. What do these people do? They do rings, okay? And if you need some, I think they call them the claimer rings, in other words, some basic rings that we can put in a hot rod, they have that. And if you want to spend $1,500, $1,700 on rings, they have that. I mean, uh, 
it, it's a no-brainer to us, and I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they've earned me saying that. Okay, I've just seen it year after year after year. You know, I, I used to always, and I still do, you know, you have to have cylinder heads. That's the basis of everything. The heads don't, you need a robust block, okay? You need cylinder heads that move air and a sufficient oiling system because if it's sufficient, then you can work on it and get it, you know, better. But if you have those three things um, or the lack of those three things, um, you're in trouble unless the rules require that for everyone running that class, you know. Well, when you get this structural rigidity and you get then the ring seal, okay, and I must put in that you need a good, you know, the ring groove has to be cut flat. But you can buy these rings today from Total Seal that uh, we see it in the amount of time it takes for them to come in and how long they stay. I mean, it's just... Uh, and you get, I think, I don't know, you know, obviously uh, Keith's there, but I think Bobby, Kevin, I think are the other two. And they can put you on the right path so quick. I mean, just here's my combination, blah, 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 and here's what you need, you know. And, and then they'll go on from ring gap to, you know, whatever you want to do and how to break the thing in and even home jobs. And the home jobs we could spend two hours on, you know, we got the vitrified, and we have the diamond, and we have the CBNs. We have all three of them here, as a matter of fact. Uh, we home with all three of them. And, you know, uh, I check, uh, I, I literally personally check a lot of, you know, cylinders with a profilometer. That's another thing. If you go to a shop and you're building an engine, I guess, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I just get it off my chest. You go to the shop, and they don't own a torque plate, and they don't have a profilometer and you're building more than a hot rod, I think really if you have any engine, I think you need to look somewhere else. I mean, those days of back, you know, back then that we're going to rough everything up and it's going to be basically the size. And back then the, uh, the, the pistons varied, you know, three and a half, four thousandths out of the box between one and the other. Uh, everybody, what, what did they do just to be safe? Everybody ran it. If it was a 30 over deal, they put it on 31 and ran some, you know, who knows? Everybody had a different stone, but a 520, 525 to a 1,000s and then took a whole thousands out with the 820 and down the road it went. Well, those days are long gone. You know, uh, again, structural rigidity, a, a, a torque plate, and then we we have all three of the, of the you know, honing mechanisms, let's call it. And, and you know, I've talked, I've talked to Keith about this. I've talked to some of the best engine builders about this. There's more than one way to get good seal, and we do have a blow-by meter also, you know. But, uh, you know, I've had to sum it up, and I don't have my numbers right here in front of me. But uh, what works for us is kind of a, what we'd call a lower a lower peak number, the RPK, uh, 10 to 15, something like that off the top of my head. And then the valleys, um, uh, the RVK, uh, we're somewhere around – 40 to 50 on that and and Keith can correct me on any of this at any time but a thing that we see certainly seems to make a difference you know once we think we got this oh oh this is the way to do it well we do it on the next engine and it didn't come out quite the same you know but our our RZ number basically um that's a mean number but just the peak to valley difference okay we like to see that about eight to ten times the RA. 
And and if we get that, um, uh, I hate to say this with Keith on the phone, but the rest of it just kind of falls in place, you know. Uh, we keep records on all this, and we go back and look at this, and you know what the blowback. Some of the engines that they need to be fresh, and we come back in and we run them on the dyno, get blowback blowback numbers again. We've done some on the cars, literally, and that's the numbers we've come up with. But we do have a lot of time here because let's be honest, we have free labor here, and we'll just tear the engine apart, put it back together, you know, and um, that's what we do here, you know, and that's what we've come up, but. I, I tell you, it's a lot different than, oh, oh my goodness, I don't know, just, you know, finish the thing one thousandths oversized so it doesn't gall and everybody's happy and, you know, the rings are so thick. And one other thing, I just, I have these little pet peeves. Um, let, let me tell you, rings don't know, okay, RPM. Everybody says, well, what RPM we're going to turn? We're going to have ring flutter and everything. I, I just kind of write that off with my students and myself. What the rings know is the piston speed, okay? And you have a little 3-inch stroke, 300-inch engine, and then you have a 4-inch stroke, 454 engine. At 7,000 RPM, that set of pistons in that 454 is moving a lot faster in feet per minute than that 302 is. So I just, I'm just saying that because I run into that all the time. Well, my RPMs is well, it must be connected with a, you know, with the stroke of the engine. You know, that it's kind of like some of the guys. I'm making light of some people, I guess. They'll say, <laughs> "Oh, there's nothing, there's nothing better sounding than a 300 inch comp eliminator motor in NHRA going through the lights at 10 or 11,000 RPM." No, there is. This, there, if you take a 400-inch comp eliminator going through the lights at 10 or 11,000 RPM, yes. which they do today, it sounds better than the 300-inch motor. It's just simple as that. It does. I love the fact that you're fired up and you've got some, uh, you're airing some grievances, but that's what this is for because when you talk about these ideas, uh, it, it activates people's minds and, and makes them want to overcome the challenge. Now, Keith, what about some of the things that Judge just laid out there? Obviously, complimentary towards what you guys are doing, but he's, he's, in, he's in the educational system and he is everything he just said. There's somebody who doesn't know all that who's trying to transfer that knowledge to themselves, and I'm sure it must be a great environment over there. Keith, what do you think? Oh, I agree 100%. Everything Judson just said was absolutely correct. I mean, I, I would say I like to you know, cut, copy, and paste and put it on my website. It, it was absolutely spot on. And, and that just shows you the level that these guys operate at and, and the knowledge level that is there to be gotten. I mean, we field a tremendous amount of tech phone calls every day. And, and spend a lot of time trying to teach people over the phone the ways, you know, the right, the wrong, you need to do it like this. And, and like Judd talked about cylinder finish, there's, there's, there's more than one way to get there. There's one, more than one way to, we'll say, skin that cat, uh, you know, to get what you're after. But the, the ability and to have access to these people, these minds and their knowledge, uh, it's, it's second to none. And, and it's the education that people out there need and deserve to have because this is where this industry is going. This is not 1975 anymore. This is 2020. Moving into 2021. This is, you know, the, the days, you know, like Judson was talking about, you know, having a profilometer, you know, 
all of these tools are there to eliminate the guesswork. You know, it's like, you know, turning crankshafts and not having a micrometer. Well, I think I took 10,000 off of it, but, but did I really? You know, we have this tool to verify our work. And that's what all these tools do is, is verify what you just did. And we're not in a, you know, we're not a place anymore where we can just guess and assume that we're getting it correctly, especially with the modern engine. These are literally little detuned race motors, and they are not forgiving of mistakes. And, again, to have access to this kind of knowledge to help you prevent those mistakes and to learn from these things, it, it's – would just say, I wish I had this available to me when I was a teenager. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny Keith says that, and I appreciate accolades there. Uh, uh, most of that came from Keith, <laughs> you know. You know, we try we try all kinds of stuff, but Keith's not wrong. I'm telling you right now. There's we've had we've had you know results doing it different ways that came out the same, but uh, that that just what I went over for us, you know. And, and we have a stone machine. You know what I'm saying? They we have to have a stone machine because they're still in Keith. I mean, are they still in half the shops out there? Would you think it's so oh, many left? got to be more than that have to be yeah, more than that there is what, there, there, there's a there, there's a mountain of equipment I'll just, I'll just throw this out there i mean i was at one guy's shop uh kind of middle of last summer uh he has a ck10 with a line hone attachment on it that he bought brand new in 1973 and it's still going still running still doing its thing and and worth as much today as it was when he bought it brand new you know 50 years ago practically uh so yeah there's a lot of that equipment still out there and you've got to you, you got to teach these guys how to run them yeah, that's the other words. They, you know, they want to set all those numbers on that screen and push a button and just watch it go. And I tell them, I said, guys, you know, half the shops out there don't have these things. And I tell you, that separates the men from the boys. Okay, I mean that that is a touchy feely. You better understand what's going on machine to get a good finish with it. I mean, uh, the good thing about these new machines is that it is really, really hard, not impossible, but it's much harder to burnish, you know, or get into any problems uh, with the uh, automatic ones than it is the CK-10. But the CK-10 that we use here, I bought new in 1980. There you go. That's how old that. That's how old it is. I bought it new in 19. And the same thing, I could probably sell it today for more than I paid for it. Yep. Wow. It, it, it's just, it's one of those pieces. I just want to throw this in there. And, and the modern equipment is tremendous. It, it, it truly is. I mean, we've got, you know, an H75 Rottler here. The things, you know, it's a wonderment. Punch in the buttons and watch it go. Uh, but to learn on that manual machine, to learn on that CK10 is the foundation or the cornerstone. And to learn what it feels like when the block is out around and what the stones sound like when they're cutting correctly and the look, the color of the cylinder when it's not burnished, when it's honed correctly, uh, to me that's a cornerstone piece of knowledge you know, to learn on that and then take that knowledge and apply it to the modern machinery. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. I would, Absolutely. I would like to know about the students in that – we hear so often that, you know, kids these days, they want everything immediately, and it makes perfect sense, right? You can get anything you want on your iPhone right now immediately. Like, do you want a sandwich right now, guys? I could have a sandwich delivered to each one of you from where you I could. am. I could have it delivered to your shops right now. While we're on the show, we can do anything. But this this skill, this talent doesn't – it's not an instant talent. Like, you've got to put in the time and the work. So what's it like, Judd, dealing with, like, young people who are coming out of that 
instantaneous gratification and you have to give them this understanding that this is not that kind of thing. This is not instant gratification. This is like long work where you have to really put a lot into it, but you'll get a lot out on the other side. There you go. I'm going to, right or wrong, this is the way we do it, okay? We are one of the only vocational schools in the country that has an entrance exam and even a second one for the CNC class, okay? Um, but what it is, is a Bennett or Benet, depending on what, you know how you pronounce it, mechanical aptitude test. It was set up for the, the government, uh, I, I'll use the term armed forces, to see who they could put in the motor pools, okay, of the draftees or, you know, whoever joined. Uh, it, it really, really works. In other words, it's this simple. If you pat what we use as the standard is a graduating high school senior, um, and it's a terrible thing to say, but it's the way it is, in a non inner city school. Okay, that just skews the scores, you know. Um, but uh, I know there's some good ones out there, but uh, that's what we look at. Uh, and if you can pass that. Okay, we know that you have mechanical inclination at the least. And that does weed out a number of students. It does. And we just tell them this just isn't for you. So that helps us a lot. Plus, with the next problem we have is our children of today can't read. Okay, I, I mean, I'm being all, awful negative here, but. Uh, they can't read because they don't read. They don't read because they can't read. And it becomes a vicious circle. And we have to get around that. But the big thing that makes a difference is when they come here, they're going to be reading about something that they really enjoy. You know, we're not talking about medieval Europe or whatever. This is engines. This is race cars, okay? Uh, we're using, you know, feet-per-minute formulas and all that in our associate degree program. Uh, uh, our physics book is a physics book for motorsports, okay? And that just makes it, in other words, then the desire to read is there. And then they learn, you know, if I start reading, I can read. I just didn't read because I couldn't. Uh, and it works out good, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, we, we have some dropouts that, you know, it just overwhelms them and stuff, but not very many. Uh, we, we, we have one of the highest completion rates in the country. Um, and the government tracks that. That's not me just saying those numbers, you know, for all your accreditations and everything. But um, they come in here, and, and we get the letters from the mom and the dads, you know, that I can't believe it. You know, little Johnny's reading now, and he's calling us, telling him what he did at school today. We, we were working on the Copo the other night, all night. I mean, you know, did not go home, okay? And uh, at 2 o'clock in the morning, they're texting their parents, hey, Mom, we're out here working on a race car at 2 a.m., you know? And, and things like that keep me going. You know what I'm saying? Just seeing that enthusiasm, it really is. Now, the next day, I wasn't in real good shape. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, but, that's, oh, but, we, we've all had those late nighters. There you, I'm telling you, they are. They're just a lot worse now than they were in the '70s. You know, oh, but um, sure. we we try really hard. We're here every day. You know what I'm saying? You you have racers as owners. There isn't some board, and well, the board's the family. You know what I'm saying? 
and uh, uh, we, we've been a school of excellence. That's a big, big deal. A, a lot of people don't understand that in our industry, but a school of excellence, less, less than, I think it's like 0.6%, less than 1%, obviously, of schools ever get a school of excellence award, and we've had it, I think, the last nine years. You know that that's a big thing in our industry, and and it takes a lot of work from Linda and the girls to to get that every year. Amazing. But anyway, that's that's you know we're just uh, we like working on the stuff. Uh, I've repeated it at least twice already, but I just go to Disneyland every day. You know I do, but it boy when these kids graduate, you know and. You, you got, and I don't want to go into all the names. I think they're on our website, but every major team, you know, in good shops. And one of the greatest, I, I don't even know the name. I apologize because there's so many of them. But one of the good drag race engine building shops in Oklahoma or Kansas in that area somewhere, he put an ad on, I guess it was Facebook or something. This was only a few months ago. I did not know this person at all. And he put in the ad, need an engine builder slash machinist. Must have five years experience or be a graduate from the School of Automotive Machinist. Now, it doesn't get much better than that. And in other words, one of the students showed it to us. We knew nothing about this, had nothing to do with it. And so I called the guy, you know, and he says, man, that's what I've seen. He had had one, and that one left for a more glamorous job, you know, and he needed another one. Wow. But, uh, you know, I, we like it. I really do. We have a good time, and we really think we get a good product out. Um, uh, we do the best we can. I'll just say that. We work hard. And um, uh, do I have time for a story? I think you do. You have a time for a story, of course. Then Keith will dive in because we've taken your time. You could be educating the future right now, and instead you're talking to us. I think it's it's a good thing. Uh, tell us the story, and then Keith will will hit you with a final question. Okay, this is the alpha female that Linda is. Okay, well we met. Okay, and I was a hot rodder, and back in those days, hot rodders were not looked upon with. Uh, let's say promise from dads and stuff. But I, I mean, I was in college. I was clean and neat. I didn't get tickets. I didn't speed, but I street raced five nights a week for money. Okay. Anyway, so I was driving a drag car for a guy, which I couldn't afford one, you know, and we're going to a race in Alabama, a points meet in Alabama. And uh, Linda and I had known each other by now about six or eight months, you know, and she said, I want to go. I said, Linda, your mother is not letting you go to Alabama with us. Now, the other one, there was one with a girlfriend, one married, you know. And so we go and we present this to the mother, right? And it was like, there is no way you can forget that. You're not leaving this house. Uh, we were we celebrated our 50th anniversary this March. So I, I was, she was 18 and I was 20 at this time. And so anyway... Uh, she says, you're not going until you're married. That's the end of that. Linda looks at me and she says, what are you doing tomorrow afternoon? I said, I don't know what. She said, let's go get married. <laughs> we, we I love it. I'm serious. And so I said, I said, are you serious? She says, yeah, we'll come back. If we don't like each other, we'll get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> so I said, okay, okay, all right. Now that's that's the part of the story there, and we've been together for fifty years. Okay, now here's the beginning of how we met. I was street racing. Okay, and we had the drive-ins that we went to the Prince's Bill Williams down in this part of the country, and and I get a race early in the evening. Okay, I get a race and I take this guy's money. Okay, so I go back. He leaves. Okay, he leaves, and we're sitting there, and you know we, we try to get races till two o'clock in the morning, or we'll go to a different part of town, or whatever. Well, Linda, I didn't know her from Adam. She drives up in her 69 Hugger Arn SS Camaro, okay? Right. Um, and she gets out, and she goes over to a group, and she says, hey, who took all the Z28's money? And they go, that guy over there, okay? It was me, okay? So she comes over the car, and she says, hey, how you doing? I said, fine. She said, you ran a Z28 and took, out, took all of his money? I said, yep. And she says, well, that money was going to take me out to eat tonight. So guess what you're going to do with that money? You're taking me out to eat. That's <laughs> true. That That is how we – you can't make that up. Wow. That That's is how amazing. That is legendary. That is amazing. <laughs> that is a great story, Judd. Oh, my gosh. My mind is like I'm thinking about all these different thoughts like – Brian, your parents are way cooler than you are, bud. Like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That 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 is too cool. I'm kidding, Brian. I know Brian's listening. I'm kidding. <laughs> but that that is like a great story. First of all, and obviously you you mentioned it that she took your mini gripe like man there should be a school for people and said we should do the school and you did the school and on this podcast we've had so many high quality engine builders name check you and say start there and i'm going to ask you your version of the advice question but first i'm going to let keith ask you a final question keith go in any okay. direction that you think is uh, pertinent so we can extract a little final information from judd well, that, that, that's kind of a tough one because he's given us so much good information right now. But, you know, what I was going to say to Judd was if, you know, if, if things would have gone differently, you know, where do you, you know, if you hadn't done the school, do you think, you know, where do you think you would have ended up? If, you know, if Linda hadn't come into your life and graced you with her presence, where do you think you would have ended up? I, I will tell you, um, I would like to have been an airplane pilot. I just, um, uh, yes, I, um, uh, I've always had a, a distant fascination. I have, you know, a number of friends that are pilots, and I actually bought the books and was going to go, but I was so, you know, I mean, the racing, you know, how it is, is twenty four seven, and I never did a thing about it. But uh, uh, I've got to ride in some vintage aircraft. Uh, I was a skydiver, you know, just on and on, you know. But uh, uh, I could, I could, I see these guys down here, you know, they restore airplanes like we restore cars. We do, we actually are one of the only, voca the only vocational school I know of. We actually do work for NASA and I mean for NASA itself, but we build engines for two or three of their engineers. Okay. And so we got a lot of connections down there, you know, um, we get, we get to go into places the public never gets to go and, and see things like that. Now, let me just tell you the first thing, Judd's intelligence isn't going to get you know that that some of those guys there are just 
it's unbelievable just to carry on a conversation with them. Their mind is just different than mine, how it can process knowledge. It's just incredible. But anyway, that being said, what they do, okay, they have their airplanes like we have streetcars, okay, and they race these planes, but they don't race them how fast they will go. It's how high they will go. And they do this down in Ellington Air Force Base, which is just, you know, down the road here about 25 miles. But uh, I, I like being around, I, I use the term, people of that caliber. You know, it just, you see how hard they work. And they, they have some, you know, God-given gifts. There's no doubt about that, that the average people don't have. But they're like us, in, they're different in us in many ways, but they're like us in many ways. And they do the same things, I just say, at a different level. Wow. It makes perfect sense. That's how I feel being on this show, being around people of this caliber. And uh, it's certainly the reason I think a lot of our listeners listen to the show, to hear these kind of conversations. Uh, Keith, that was great. Judd, advice to the next generation. I'm sure this is right in the wheelhouse. You're talking to these people all the time. But in this case... We've got listeners out there, hopefully young people. They want to make their way in this profession. They love cars. They love mechanics. They're interested. They're downloading a podcast called Hidden Horsepower by Total Seal. What is your advice to the person that wants to get started in this field? And obviously you have the school. That makes sense. Lay it on us. You got to start the earlier, the better. And I'm, I'm going to warn you about one thing. Some of the students come here and they say, well, I've never I've always wanted to do this, but I haven't. Is that going to be detrimental? Let, let me tell you what I've seen after 35 years. A sharp, motivated kid with no education can be easier. Okay, I'm talking to age 17 or 18, no education. I mean, high school, but no mechanical education, let's say. Okay, he is easier to teach than it is one that's been around incompetent people, you know, putting the wrong things in their heads I got to beat that out of their heads, okay? I mean, it's just no, no, no. Well, this is what I heard. This is what I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, but you got to get an education. And one of the things I tell the students, this is going to sound crazy, but you need to be the least educated person in the group of friends that you run with, okay? If it's the other way around, they drag you down. If you're the way I'm speaking of, be the most, the least educated in your group, you're brought up. I, I was raised in a, at best, a lower middle class neighborhood, and I saw the racers there. I, I saw them. And we go out to the drag strip, and I see their cars, and they got their two fours and this and that, imported heads, and they're run, not running faster than some of these NHRA stalkers. And I go, how can that be? Well, it was very simple, okay? I just said, I'm not hanging around these guys anymore. I'm going over and sweep floors. Uh, this guy's name was Richard Stelter, okay? And, I, I mean, I saw that this guy with less everything was running faster than they were. So so be around people that are successful. That's what, you know, an alpha male, you know, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be the, you know, the best car, the most money, the whatever it is in his group, when you're trying to get ahead, you need to be the least for whatever that. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what I've seen. Not to me. That makes perfect sense to me that but you're on you're, you're on a journey. 
You want to get there. You're not going to start out there. You want to get there. And by being around that, you will receive information that will help you get there. I couldn't have said it better myself. Judd, excellent work. Really appreciate you coming on Hidden Horsepower. Keith, this has been fantastic. It has. It's absolutely been an honor, Judd. And, and I just wanted to kind of touch on one of the things Judd said. It, it, it is amazing to be around the people that, you know, just ooze that knowledge and ooze that information. And that's the whole point of going to places like the school to, to, is to be able to absorb all that knowledge that's around you and to be open to it, willing to take it in, digest it, and listen to it. Uh, and then ideas pop up. You'll hear things that you, know, you might not have thought of yourself, and all of a sudden the light bulb goes off, and that's where innovation sparks. And, and it is. It's, it's great to surround yourself with these very knowledgeable people and, and people that can bring forth that information. And I've, you know, uh, like, like Judd you know, does for his students, I've been fortunate to have been around people like that uh, and, and been privileged to, you know, we'll say, absorb this, some of their greatness. And, Keith, I interrupt you for one second. What about uh, – we're talking about, you know, racers – running this school, owning this school. Okay, what about Total Seal with Matt owning, running Total Seal? Do you have a real educated racer there? Oh, absolutely. Matt's, Matt's I rest my guy. case. Think about yeah. that. Yeah, just, yeah. oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I mean, the, the, the owner slash CEO, whatever his title is, okay, uh, is a very educated racer. Oh, amazing. Absolutely. For those, for those that don't know the background, I mean, Matt is, you know, he, he's a self-made man. No one's handed this guy anything in his life. Uh, he's, he, you know, went into the U.S. Navy, uh, studied as a nuclear engineer, uh, you know, spent times on, you know, on subs, on the boats, and, you know, and, and really has, has put himself where he is. No one's given him anything. And, you know, so an extremely motivated individual, very knowledgeable individual, and, and very, very passionate. I mean, the guy, you know, exudes passion. I mean, look at what he does. Look at his racing, running pro stock. I mean, does it with a handful of people. Uh, you know, th- that to me, that just says it all. That, that just says everything you need to know about him. The only I question mark, 100%. the only question mark is that he lets me touch his car every once in a while, which is obviously... <laughs> Not the right thing to do. Judd, thank you very much for coming on Hidden Horsepower. So illuminating what's going on with the school. And let's take a second. Uh, if there's someone listening and they're interested in going to the school or maybe they've got a son or a daughter who would be in the wheelhouse of this, the website is samtech.edu. But, uh, you know, what is the right way to go about it? Just give you guys a call, go to the website. What's the best move? Sure. Yeah. Just go to the website or, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, other words, you can go, go right through the, you know, the motions there and get here, but you can just dial the number 713-683-3817. Uh, and I, I won't get to the phone if you call, but you can tell them you want to talk to me and I'll come to the, you know, I'll return your call. Yeah. Simple as uh, that. But just our, our, you can come by anytime if you're in the vicinity or you're in town uh, uh, we'd like to have an appointment if you want to tour and everything, but we can work it in. Uh, we're open all the time. That is fantastic. Judd, great job. Thank you so much. I learned a lot in just this conversation. I can't imagine what it's like to be a student. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your knowledge and a little bit of your passion with us here on Hidden Horsepower. Joe, thank you for having me. I really had a good time with y'all guys. And Keith, thank you for everything you've done for the school. Your total seal bails us out every time we mess up. (laughs) Glad to help you anytime in any way we can, as always. Okay, guys.
And there he goes, Judson Massengill. Keith, that was fantastic. Kind of a different angle from what we normally do, but so vital, so important, and such great advice. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, he, he's, he's, you know, Judd and the school, and uh, they're, they're just a class act. You know, if you want to, you know, like I said earlier in this, I, I wish there was something like that back in the late 70s, uh, you know, that I could have attended after, you know, after coming out of high school and uh, to have you know, the ability and the access to a place like that, just, just unbelievable, the facilities. And, you know, and I've been very fortunate to work with quite a few of the instructors there and some of the race car projects that they've got. Uh, and, and these guys are, you know, they're the real deal. They're legit. And he didn't want to mention all the names, but I'll mention some of the names. Hendrick Motorsports, John Force Racing, Roush Yace Racing Engines, John Kazi, who said it himself, Penske Racing, Cosworth, Don Schumacher Racing, Gray Motorsports, just the list goes on and on. Stanfield Racing Engines, I know that uh, you know a couple of the graduates of SamTech went on and just won the SamTech.edu Factory Stock Showdown Championship with Aaron Stanfield, uh, countless others. Uh, have students who graduated from the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. And he spoke highly of you guys. Well, and, and we do definitely appreciate that as we do him. And I, and I just wanted to throw onto that list, uh, he didn't mention, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, U.S.-based racing teams that, you know, that his, his students have, have gone into. And, and I know ones that are from overseas, Europe, Australia. These guys, have, they have literally migrated worldwide uh, and into some pretty, you know, we'll say pretty impressive positions. So uh, it, it's not just here in this country either. Exactly. And as, uh, you know, Sam's director of education, he's a technical consultant for publications like Hot Rod, Car Craft, Super Chevy, Engine Masters Magazine. Uh, Judd is uh, really getting it done. And uh, I love his attitude. That was fantastic. Keith, another episode in the books. If they're out there and they're working on their own engine, they're, they're, the uh, motivation is sparking. They want to try to do something, maybe find a little horsepower, and they uh, want to hook up with you. What, they, what should they do? Just, just reach out to us, TotalSeal.com. Uh, you can call the 800 number, 800-874-2753. Uh, you can email me, KeithJ at TotalSeal.com. We absolutely look forward to that communication with you. Uh, kind of like Judd said, hey, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a confusing you know, pathway out there to know what's the right thing. Should I do this? Should I do that? If I have a blower, is it a turbo? Is it NA? Is it an old restoration uh, give us a call. We'll help guide you down that path. Tell us what it is you're doing. Tell us what you're looking for out of it, and we'll give you the, this is what you need. This is where you need to be. There you go. He's Keith Jones, the Director of Technical Sales at Total Seal Piston Rings. I'm Joe Costello. Keith, thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. And that's going to do it for this episode of Hidden Horsepower. I want to remind everybody, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all great places to subscribe to the podcast. If you like it, write a review so that everybody else can see exactly what it's all about, the kind of podcast it is, and whether or whether or not they should subscribe and download. Also, Total Seal got a brand new website for ordering product, of course, and certainly doing the research, but you can get the podcast, plus Lake Speed Jr. doing a lot of stuff on YouTube, all kinds of great stuff on the website. Go to TotalSeal.com. I'm Joe Costello. You can follow me at WFO Joe. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Also, I do a podcast called WFO Radio, and you should be able to find it when you find Hidden Horsepower. That's going to do it. We'll see you next time right here on Hidden Horsepower, presented by Total Seal.